heavenly greetings in Jesus' mighty name. Yes, you're welcome right here to a live session, an interactive question and answer session here on the University of God. God's voice through his word. Is your heart ready to receive a revelation of the word of the kingdom of God? Because it's that living word which is the foundation of our lives as followers of Christ. Talking about foundation, remember the wise man in that book of Matthew 7 who built his house upon the rock. Yes, he was the man who heard the words of Jesus and put them into practice. So in the storms, in the winds, in the waves of your life, is your faith still standing firm? If it's not, you have to ask yourself the question, what is your faith in? Yes, your faith should be on the unshakable word of God because there's no reason for faith as good as his word. Yes. When Jesus said to Peter that book of Matthew 16, verse 18, upon this rock, I will build my church. He was referring to the rock of the word of the kingdom of God. That rock is unshakable. Yes. Nothing can make you stumble when your life is built on the foundation of the word of God. You see, the word of God creates a, it has the ability to create and develop a spiritual force within our heart called faith. That is the faith that we want to talk about today because that is the foundation of our lives. And that is why we are talking about God's voice through his word. Because our aim and our joy is for everyone, for their lives to be built on the solid foundation of the word of God. Because it's surprising today what faith people have in wrong things. Yes, make sure your faith is built on the solid word of God. How can you tell those whose faith is built on the word of God? Well, let me tell you, when your mind and heart is dominated by the word of God, you speak about your victory instead of your warfare. You speak about your healer, your deliverer, your deliverer, your redeemer, Jesus Christ, instead of the battle that you're going through. So if your heart is saturated with the word of God, if you trust in the provision of God's word, then you can say with the psalmist, great peace have those who love your word and nothing can make them stumble. So you're welcome in Jesus' name, and we pray that God will strengthen our desire and determination for him in this session, for his word in our lives, so that we can continue to base our life on the foundation of God's word, and that our love may not grow cold in Jesus' mighty name. So thank you so much. Welcome back, and thank you for joining us. So we know so many people have sent in questions um, asking about different issues that challenge their lives, that affect their lives on a daily basis. And um, we want to actually go first of all to Mr. Aaron, who's from Namibia, to allow him to ask his question, because I believe this question is something which all of us, at some point in our lives, we have to think about and we have to face so, um, Mr. Aaron, thank you for joining us. Can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you. Thank you. So, can you tell us what, what's, what's the question that you have? Okay, my name is Aaron. I'm connecting from Namibia. I'm having actually two questions. The first question is, 
if heaven is our final home, our internal home, why are we so much afraid of dying? I'm asking this question again because we are so afraid of death to the extent of even mentioning the word death or heaven. We don't want to say it. The other question is, are we created to live forever? And if we are created to live forever, and our final home is heaven, why are we afraid of death? Why are we afraid that fear of death? That's the questions. Thank you. Thank you so much, Brother El. I think your question is, it concerns every, every believer, right? And even every human being. Because <clears throat> the way we respond to what we call natural death, I mean our departure from this earth, concerns every human being. We should not forget right from the book of Genesis after the fall. Uh, God said to man, you are dust and you shall go back to dust. From Genesis chapter 3 verse 19 to the end. But we should not forget that before when God created man, there was nothing like death. And the scripture says that when sin entered the world, he entered the world and death came. And to the extent in Genesis chapter 16, God said he repented for creating man because man has filled the world with violence. And the scripture says that the Lord repented for creating man and said man has become carnal. So his days will be 120 years. It's God that said it. Right? When you see, when you look at your Bible, you'll be surprised to see the first people that lived on earth to Matrizelah. They lived, the Bible says, more than 100 years, 200, 600, and 900. We say, is it true? Because at that time, we should not forget that sin began to expand to human race, bringing death and all evil companions of, of sin, sickness, disease, hatred, murder, whatever. Right? So now the question you're asking me is to say, as a believer, as a Christian, I think you're talking to Christian, in fact, why are we, if heaven is our home, why are we afraid of death? Am I right? And are we created to live forever? So to answer this question, we are going back to one answer we gave during the first two sessions of Spirit World Part 1 and Part 2 as a summary. So first, before we answer those questions, we need to find out who is man. Right? The scripture says clearly, Jesus said, he who believes in me will never die. I've come to give everlasting life. Eternal life is the promise of Christ. Eternal life is the chief good of the immortal soul. Take note, immortal soul. So I want to quickly show you one, one graphic that will help us to maybe to, to understand better uh, my, my, my explanation. When you look at this graphic, you can see there are two realms the Bible is talking about. This is the spiritual realm, let's say the kingdom of God, the spiritual world or spirit world, right? And this is the natural world we live in here on earth. So you can see that these two realms are a little bit opposite in nature. This one, the scripture said, Jesus said, 
heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And the Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, that we walk by faith, not by sight. And we look not at the things that are seen. This is seen. This is the physical world. You can see it. Our natural senses point to this one. But before, and this one is a spiritual world, spirit things. Okay, now this is man. We are here in the middle. God said the believer in Christ should walk in the spirit. We are commanded to walk in the spirit in the book of Galatians chapter 5. Right? So, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23 describes man as a man composed of spirit, soul, and body. These are the three parts of man. And if you remember, one day in the message of Prophet Tibia says, I remind you that the real thing of man is not his body, but his spirit. Why is he saying that? When God looks at man, when God looks at man to judge our actions and motivation, God's focus is not on this body, but here, on our spirit. That's why God said in the book of Matthew, chapter 15, verse 8, These people come to me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Meaning when we come to God, whatever act of righteousness or worship we do, God looks at our heart and its motivation. Right from the beginning in Genesis chapter 4, you can see that Abel and Cain is an example of what I'm trying to explain. Cain came first to God with his first fruit of the fruit of his land. The scripture says that God looked at his heart, but God did not approve his offering. While Abel came and gave the firstborn of his flock to God, the scripture says God looks at the heart of Abel and accepted his offering. You can see two acts that seems very good on the outside, but God approved one and didn't approve the other one. So when we come before God, God looks at our heart to take the motivation. God saw the right motivation of Abel was correct and God accepted it. This means the focus of God is our spirit. Why man's focus is the body. So, our spirit is meant to enter in relationship, in communication with the spiritual world here. Right? And this body is meant to, the, phys the physical part of man, to be in contact with the physical world. So man is a spiritual being, he has a soul, he has a body. So now, let's see, try to explain better here. This is natural birth. When a man is born into the world, his body, his body physically, is born of flesh and blood, is in contact with the physical world. Man begins to communicate to relate with other people here in community, in the physical world. And this is the realm of us. God gave us senses to know how to navigate our life with this spiritual world, our communication with other men or, or the environment around us. Sight, hearing, all, this, all, all the senses which I've described. I advise you to go back to spiritual world part one, part two, where I explain in detail. So, now, 
This is the life of the flesh when we are born naturally. You agree with me? But everything of this world has a beginning and has an end. That's why when a child is born, there's a register of birth. Declare your date of birth. Mr. So-so was born such day, such day, such day, etc. And um, this is physical or natural life. All men born of woman, all of us, this is the first birth. We all come from this world. We are born into this world. We are in this world. Now, Jesus came one day and began to do something that no one has ever done. Miracle takes place. The blind saw. The lame walked. The dead were raised. The leper were cleansed. They saw Lazarus raised from the dead, which no human being can do. They begin to say, who is this man? Even his disciples one day, they were in the boat and there was the raging storm. And they were at the point, they were threatened by death if the boat sunk. And the Bible says Jesus was sleeping. <laughs> and they said, why are you afraid? And they said, the Lord spoke to the wind and he stopped. They say, what kind of man is this one? Say, no one has ever spoken like this man. And one day, at the beginning of his mission, Jesus entered the temple and took the scroll of Isaiah. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. <laughs> he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to bind the broken heart and proclaim acceptable year of the Lord. Then he said, today, this word of the scripture you have heard is fulfilled. Can't you imagine? That's the promise that we've been waiting for so many years. But they look at Jesus on the outside. How can this scripture be fulfilled by you? Is it not the, the young boy we saw him growing here? The son of Mary and Joseph? His brothers are here in our midst. How can you say you are the one? They looked at him physically here. They acknowledged his physical body. The young boy they saw growing, but didn't know whom he was in his spirit. It was hidden to them. So when Jesus began to preach, he said, one day Nicodemus, seeing the miracle Jesus did, came in secret and said to him, Rabbi, no one can do, perform the miracles you do unless God is with him. He was convinced by the miracle he saw. But this Nicodemus had one quality. He did not sit there looked at Jesus on the outside and came to hasty conclusions. He came to find out the truth about Jesus. And when he came, Jesus said to him, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. It's the kingdom of God. The natural man, the man of the flesh, of intellect, here, cannot see or perceive the things of the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 says it. Because they are foolishness to him. Now, when you look at a human being today, you can see the body, but who sees the soul? Who sees the heart? Only God. And that's where I'm going to. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, it talks about things that the eyes have not seen, our ears have not heard, Things that only the spirit of man can know. And that's the Holy Spirit that reveals what is in the heart of man. This part you see is the spiritual part of man. Invisible part of you. All of us, we have a spirit soul and a body. 
The body is what you can see here, physical part connecting to the world. But the invisible part of man, the soul and the spirit, these are the ones that are created to live forever. To your question, this body is temporal. It has a beginning, it has an end. But the soul and the spirit are not connected here. They are live forever. The question we see later, where will you spend eternity? And the scripture says, eternity in heaven or in darkness. That's what the Bible says. Now, talking about physical birth is when we are born naturally from man and woman. Remember what Jesus said one day in the book of Matthew chapter 11, from verse 11. He said, all, all men born of woman, no one, no one is greater than John the Baptist. But the least in the kingdom of God is greater than him. Why did Jesus say that? Of all men born of natural birth, none of them is greater than John. But the least who is born to the kingdom of God is greater than him. What does this mean? That's what Jesus said to people. Matthew eleven forty. Jesus said, You have heard that Elijah will come. But Elijah has come. And John the Baptist is the Elijah to come. And we all know that Elijah left a long time ago, thousands of years ago. So you can see the way Jesus sees human being is different from the way we see it. That's why one day the Pharisee said to him, Master, there is a man who married a woman and couldn't give a child. And uh, the man passed on. According to the law of Moses, the brother should take over the wife. And that man died without giving an offering, uh, an offspring. Such was the case to the seventh, and all of them died. And they say, Master, since all of them had married this woman <laughs> in heaven, who will be the real husband? <laughs> Jesus looked and said, You don't know the power of God. For the things of the Spirit, man cannot understand them. And Jesus said one thing to them. To convince them, he said, in Luke chapter 20, verse 38, Jesus said, from verse 36 to 38, when God appeared to Moses at the burning bush, he presented himself, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. God never spoke of them in the past tense. God was speaking in the present tense as if they were still living. That's what Jesus said. But see, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Jesus said, God is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. This means there are two types of life. Natural life and spiritual life. Natural life has a beginning, has an end. Spiritual life has no end. That's the big difference. So that's why Jesus said to Nicodemus, after telling him, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And he said, man, how can this be, master? How can an old man like me enter my mother's womb and be born again? <laughs> Jesus said, ah, you are a teacher of Israel and you don't understand these things. If I'm speaking about natural things and you cannot understand me, how will you understand spiritual things? And Jesus went on by saying, that which is born of flesh is flesh, this one. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. This means there's natural birth, 
and there is spiritual birth. That spiritual birth, God, it's a spiritual rebirth. And I'll explain. And Jesus said further on, unless a man is born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. We're going to talk about that. Born of the spirit. Can't you see? When you are born of the spirit, your spirit is connected to the spirit world. This is what Jesus said. This is happened at the point of baptism in the Holy Spirit, when we are sealed with the Holy Ghost for eternity. This baptism, man can baptize in water here in a physical world. You can enter the water ten times if you want. But this baptism, man cannot do it. Human hands can never be employed. Only Jesus Christ can do that. You can see it has to do with immersing a spirit into a spirit. Only God can achieve that one. Human hands cannot be employed. So you can see, that's what happened to them at the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost came upon them. And this is, we call, eternal life. You are sealed with the Holy Ghost forever. So now, as a believer, as a Christian, when you receive the gift of righteousness, when the Holy Ghost abides in you, you are connected to him, eternal life starts here. Heaven is already here in your heart. Eternal life starts here. That's what Jesus said. He who believes me will never die even so he dies. Now, concerning now physical death, that's where I'm coming to. There are two types of people. I distinguish the believer in Christ who is born again and a person who is not born again. And that's where the right question will go. Let's see. This is what happened at the point of death. Natural death, you see, as the Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 12, it says that, verse 7, the spirit departs from the body to God who gave it. And the, and the body returned back to the dust. That is it. And James emphasizes it. Verse 226 says, the spirit left and the body go back to the dust. And that's exactly what happened. Means there's a separation between the immortal part of man, your spirit and your soul, here, for the believer, to heaven. So sp spiritual death, no, spiritual death is different because by sin at the beginning, when man is disconnected from God. Natural death is the body that remains here on the earth. And Paul explained clearly in that book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, from verse 40 to 47, that the natural cannot inherit the supernatural. The, the, the corruptible cannot inherit the incorruptible. So we need to understand two things. The natural happened first. 1 Corinthians 15, 47, the natural man came first, and then the spiritual man. So when a Christian, a believer, departs, that's the word I use from this earth, I don't use death, I say depart. His real himself, what God considers, his spiritual soul, are with God. He lived this world and continued to live after. Mean physical death, as Prophet Tosas Lunday, Prophet Yeshua, that spiritual death is not a period, it is only a comma. Mean there is life after life. We cease to be here in the physical, we continue to live in the spiritual with Jesus. 
we have evidence of that in the Holy Bible. You can see that Jesus gave us a promise that he who believes in him will have everlasting life. That's why he says, seek first the kingdom. This is the kingdom of God you should seek. Seek eternal life. Seek salvation. But if you seek earthly things here, you are seeking things that are temporary. And the Lord said, what profit is a man to gain the whole world and to lose his soul? So in the preaching of the gospel, we are asked by Lord in Matthew chapter 6 to seek the things that are eternal, to seek the things that are from above, everlasting life. Seek first the kingdom and everything you need in the world will be given to you. That's your focus. So, everybody, will, if I ask today, who wants to go to heaven? Everybody say, I want to go to heaven. Am I right? But if I ask, who is want to die today? If I ask you, you are looking at me, if you want to go to heaven, can you raise your hand? If you want to go to heaven, me, I raise my hand, I want to go to heaven. What about you? Uh, you see, everybody raises his hand, just like me. <laughs> but if I say, who wants to die today? Who raises his hand? Roughly nobody. And that's true. So what I want to explain is this one. We have natural death, but the believer should not be afraid because a believer in Christ Jesus has everlasting life right here on earth. You live forever. So why should I be afraid of going to heaven with Jesus? Why should I be afraid to die? It takes the unrenewed mind, somebody who sees life only here, to be afraid of death. But if you know whom you are, if you know your connection with God, you will not be afraid. I would like you to think what Paul said in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We are going there. Let me open my Bible to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. This will help us to understand better. Yes, it's here. Paul said, For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, he's calling this body a tent, or an earthly house. That's what Paul says. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. If this house, this tent is destroyed, we have a building from God. A house not made with hands, eternal in heavens. Eternal. What is the house? This house is this physical body. We will live in one day. But in heaven, there is another house, not built by man. A body of glory forever. So I continue. For if we groan earnestly, desiring to be closed with our habitation, which is from heaven, he insisted, and habitation from heaven, not from the earth. I'm coming back here. This is exactly what Paul was saying. Look at this, the, the, the picture. A man who is born again, his body is here in the world, but he's no longer part of it. He's connected to heaven. That's why Jesus said in the book of John, chapter 17, from verse 16, they are not of the world, just I am not of the world. Physically, we are in this world. But spiritually, we are not part of it, we are citizens of heaven. It means God has designed us to operate in both physical and spiritual world. And this is the spiritual man. A spiritual man, he lives in the new realm above the senses. A spiritual man 
see the things of the spirit. He has a sense of righteousness. You can see his conscience here is immersed into the Holy Ghost, directed by the Holy Spirit. He received revelation from God, intimation from God. He sees things from God's point of view, not from man's point of view. Everything he sees here in this natural world, he will examine here in the light of God's word, led by revelation. So when you're conscious, your heart is immersed into God's spirit, a sense of righteousness will, come, will begin to operate in your life. You will have a sense of self-knowing. You will know that you are saved. Because the Spirit of God will bear witness to your spirit that you are a child of God. You will have a capacity to see the other side. What I call the other side, this invisible world, become visible to you by revelation from the Holy Spirit. You will know your stand clearly. That's one of the reasons why Paul said in that book of Philippians, chapter 1, verse 21, I want to go with Christ, but I stay here because of you. So they never concentrated on this physical tent. They call it a tent. The real them is a spirit. When Paul became born again, Saul was dead. And a new man called Paul was living. That's why he says in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Take note. And the life I lived now in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God who laid down his life for me. That's why Jesus said, I come to give life, abundant life in John chapter 10 verse 10. A Christian life comes from Christ. It's only Jesus Christ who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. Not man, Jesus. It is Jesus who immerses your spirit into God's spirit. Infusion to make you one born again child of God. So, why are you afraid of death? When Jesus said something in Matthew chapter 16, 17, 18, he told his disciples, I'm going to Jerusalem. They will arrest me. They will spit on me. And they will kill me. He said it. They will kill me. On the third day, I will rise from the dead. That's what Jesus said. And Jesus said it not once. Two, three times he said it. When Jesus said that, you saw what Peter said in Matthew 16. Far be it from you, Master. This will never happen to you. Never, never. Jesus turned and looked at him and said, Get behind me, Satan. For you think like man think, not as God thinks. There were two focuses there. Two focuses there. Peter was focusing here in the natural because he saw Jesus physically. But Jesus was focusing on the things of the Spirit. He said, You think like man think, not as God thinks. Jesus knew that if he go to Jerusalem, they will kill him in the body. Jesus, in the body, but not in the spirit. And Jesus warned all believers, don't be afraid those can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. So Peter reacted naturally here because of fear of physical death. At that moment, Peter was not just baptized in the Holy Spirit, he was operating in the natural was focusing in the natural. He didn't have this condition yet. But at Pentecost, when, Jesus, when Peter received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the same situation happened. He stood fearlessly to the council of the elders and said, I will continue to speak and preach the name of Jesus if he will to threaten me to life. Fear of death disappeared from Peter. Why? Because he was conscious of who he was in Christ Jesus. Before, he was not sealed. He was operating in the natural. He was afraid of death. Peter was walking by sight because he was seeing Jesus every day. 
hearing Jesus every day, talking to him every day. So as long as Peter saw Jesus, his faith was visible in Jesus. Really, he believed Jesus. He loved Jesus. When he said Jesus, said to him, you say you will never abandon me, but before the rooster crow three times, Peter, you will deny me. He said, no, I will never deny you. I will die with you. He meant it. He really meant it as a human being. He meant it because he loved Jesus in natural. You don't want the person you love in natural to die. The proof is when they came to arrest Jesus that night in the Garden of Gethsemane, who drew the sword? It was Peter. He drew the sword to fight for Jesus. And he even cut the hair, the, the ear, sorry, of one of the servants. He did it. Meaning he was not fear. But as long as Jesus was there, Peter wasn't afraid. His faith was visible, was operating by sight. When in Matthew chapter 14, when the wind was threatening their boat to sink, when it was afraid, all of them, Peter was afraid. They were having fear. Jesus came and walked on the water towards them. When Jesus came, they said, hey, this is a ghost. Don't be afraid. He said, it is me. It is I. Don't be afraid. Peter said, that's why I love Peter so much. He said, Lord, if it is you talking to me, ask me to come. I will leave the boat. I will walk in the sea. Immediately, he focused on Jesus. His fear disappeared. He would no longer look at the wind blowing or the sea. He's an experienced fisherman. He knows a human being cannot walk in the water. He said, Lord, if it is you, if it is you, ask me to come. Jesus said, come. He stepped out of the boat and walked on the water. A miracle took place. Why? Because his focus was on Jesus. His faith was on Jesus. And a miracle took place. But the Bible says, after a while, his natural senses began to see the wind blowing. And fear came, and immediately he began to sunk, to sink. And Jesus stretched his hand and rescued him. Why did you doubt in your heart? Can't you see? Peter had the issue of fear before. But the same Peter at Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost came, and they arrested him. Don't preach about Jesus. If you're threatened to beat him, say, see whether it is right or not. We can only speak what we believe. He continued to testify to Jesus to the very end. And he never, never denied Jesus, even at the point of death. Why? Because they knew that they were regenerated. This body is no longer them. It's their spirit. God's focus becomes their focus. You need to know whom you are in God. You need to know what God considers in you. Jesus never came for things on the outside for flesh. He came for eternal life. That's why you should believe Jesus for eternal life. When you believe Jesus only for this earth, the Bible says we are the most miserable. That's what Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians 15. If our faith is only on the things here, we are the most miserable. But glory be to God. Our faith is based on everlasting things. This is crucial and vital to be born again, my dear brothers and sisters. There are many that confess Jesus with their mouth, but their heart is not regenerated. Why? Because the scripture says, Paul said it in the book of Romans chapter 10. If you can go quickly to Romans chapter 10, then I will explain. I will go to the book of Romans chapter 10. Yes. He said verse 9. Let's go for verse 9. And that's the clue. You see, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus... 
and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you confess with your mouth, and more important, you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Means, you must believe in Christ's resurrection. You must believe there's life after life. You must believe in everlasting life. The gift of righteousness comes when you believe that Jesus has risen from the dead. So it means some people can confess Jesus for material things. But the Bible says you must believe for everlasting life. You must believe in life after life in the resurrection of the dead. You must believe it. So Jesus has demonstrated by his resurrection that he is worthy to be the object of our faith. That's the fundamental issue to know. When you believe in Jesus, you have to believe his resurrection. If you believe his resurrection, you'll be like him. If you are born again, you are born of the Spirit. If you believe his resurrection, the Bible says, you too, you are sons of the resurrection. You have everlasting life in him. You'll be like him. You no longer have the natural life of Adam. You have the life of Christ in you. And the life is the Holy Spirit in you, the giver of all life. When it comes, your focus to change. You no longer focus on the things of the earth, but the things of everlasting life. Peter, they knew. Peter said, I know that after my departure. He said, my departure. He's talking about the spirit. When they say, I, the spiritual man is talking, not the body. Do you understand me? So when a spiritual man comes, God is looking at your spiritual side, your soul and your spirit. That's what matters to God. This part we are talking about, this one and this one. When Paul say the tent, this was on Paul talking. This body was just a tent. And you will leave this tent one day. Whether we like it or not, there is a beginning and there is an end. Every human being will leave this earth. Even Jesus tested death. But the question is, where will he go after? That's the question. If you believe the teaching of the Bible, if you believe in Christ's resurrection, you should believe for everlasting life. You need to discover whom you are. And if you are born again, you begin to sense the things of the spirit, you begin to hear God. And you're led by your physical eyes, you're led by your spirit. You relate with the Holy Ghost, heart to heart with God. That's what happens here, at the point of new birth. Now, let me explain this all. When a spiritual man, a born again, depart, his body go back to the dust. And his spirit and his soul will go to heaven with God forever. That's it. We have an everlasting house in heaven, not built by man, built by God. The destiny of a Christian, of a believer, is to spend future felicity with God here forever in heaven, in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus at the cross, there was one of the robbers saying, remember me when you come to your, in your kingdom. Jesus said to him, today, you will be with me in paradise. Here. Yeah. So all the saints that departed, Paul, Peter, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, all of them are here in heaven, they're alive. That's why Jesus said, God is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. Luke chapter 20, 38, 39. So, I say to you, Jesus Christ is not the Lord of the dead, but the Lord of the living. Are you living in him? If not, it's time to seek him and believe for salvation's sake. Then you receive the righteousness of God, you have everlasting life. That's the joy of a Christian, that's the peace of heart. 
you have heaven. If God is with you, who can be against you? Nobody. That's why when you see the preaching of the apostles of old, they preaching were what? Salvation, sanctification, everlasting life. That's what the gospel is all about. But if we believe only for material things, I will focus on the earth, we are carnal. The carnally minded mind sets its affection on the things of the earth, but the spiritually mind looks to heaven. And that's the true nature we are talking about. So we have two natures, human and divine. Human nature will die. Human divine nature will spend eternity somewhere. That's the second death. Either eternity with God in the light or eternity in darkness. So, I shall we hear? If I continue? You see? If somebody is not renewed, is not saved, he will spend eternity in darkness. That's what the scripture says. And we all know what it means. That's why you have to believe that everlasting life exists. Life does not stop here in the body. No, it continues. Where will the soul and the spirit will spend everlasting life? Either with God or in darkness? That's the question. That's what the gospel is all about. Salvation. If you seek righteousness, everlasting life, your belief will be reset to believe on the things of high, on high. That's what the book of Colossians chapter 3 said. From 1 to 5. Set your affection, your mind on the things that are from above. Where Jesus is. For your life is hidden in Christ. So, you can see, to answer your question, the spiritual part of mind, the soul and the spirit, they will live forever. Either forever in darkness, or forever in heaven after life, after life here. Where will you spend eternity? That's the question. But the body, surely, will go back to dust. God said it. You are dust. You shall go back to the dust. That's why you have to believe the resurrection of Jesus. Why? Because all men are dust. They came from the dust. I mean, they're born of a man and a woman. But Jesus is not from the dust. He's from heaven. In, in, in the book of John chapter 8, verse 23, Jesus said, I am not of this world. I am from above. He said, you are of this world. <laughs> I am not of this world. That's what Jesus said. Before he said, you don't know where I come from and where I go. That's what the Bible says, my dear brother. So in John chapter 6, verse 6, he said, that which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Are you a natural man? Or are you a spiritual man? Are you a man living carnally, led by your senses? Or are you a man born again, led by the spirit? You are a spiritual man. That's the question. The wind blows, John 6, 3, 6. You hear its sound. No one knows where it comes from, nor where it goes. Such every man born of the spirit. Now, the question you could ask me is that, how do I know somebody is saved or not? <laughs> Who sees the heart of one man? God! That judgment belongs to Jesus, not to man. At the last day, Jesus will look at the heart. He knew who is born again, who is not born again. He will see the light in your heart, the Holy Ghost in your heart. Come here, children of light. That's why he called them sons of the resurrection. We are not here to judge anyone. Only God sees the heart of man. Who baptized the Holy Spirit? Jesus. So now if you are led by the Spirit of God, you can know who is saved or not. You yourself, you know. Because the Bible says, the Spirit will bear witness to your spirit that you are a child of God. 
So the person saved knows because there's a testimony of the Spirit inside of him, the peace of God. You see your character change, your attitude change. That is the life of Christ they're talking about. But if somebody says he's a Christian, where this character does not reflect Christ, what is it? Only our character can testify to a, to a confession of Jesus if you are truly born again. So now, why are you afraid of death? So the first victory Jesus gave you is to set you free from fear of death. Amen. That's why Jesus said, don't fear. Those who can kill the body cannot kill your soul. <laughs> That's why they said, Paul stood in the book of Acts chapter 20. He was going to Jerusalem. But he said to them, you will see my face no more. Huh? Everybody began to cry. Please don't go. Don't go. Don't go. Don't go. In chapter 20, he said, why do you break my heart to telling me this? I'm ready to die for Christ. What are you saying? Because he knew he was now. He knew everlasting life. He knew his departure to see Jesus. His life is on earthly, is heavenly life. That's your focus. And that's very important. If you know that, fear of death will leave you. If you know that, everlasting life, you seek it. Yes, we are meant for eternal life. God's word is salvation, and salvation is everlasting life. That's what Jesus said. Whoever believes in me, I will raise him from the last, on the last day of judgment. I will raise him from the dead. We have this physical body, and there's another body in heaven. We need to understand the core issues of the Bible. Spiritual rebirth is what Jesus came for. To be born again, to be a child of God, to be connected to God, and everlasting life. And then you don't have to fear of death because his body is not you. There's more, more to you than the body. There's more to life than meets the ordinary eye. So that's the focus of faith. So, if you're a child of God, you embrace God's kind of lifestyle. You are not led by the senses, you are led by the spirit. And fear of death will live forever. You have everlasting life. Yes, brother, don't be afraid. That's why I prophet you just say, when you are prepared to die, you are prepared to live. Mm. We all hear, what is he saying? When you are prepared to die, you are prepared to live. What does this mean? When you are prepared to die to sin, to worldly things, then your focus will go to everlasting life. It's all about your focus. Do you believe the gospel for prosperity only? Or do you believe the gospel for everlasting life? That's the question. But Jesus said for sure, whoever believes in me will never die, will live forever. And John chapter 1 verse 12 says, those who believe and receive him, he has given the power to become sons and daughters of God. And this is the mystery of the Bible. The mystery of being born again, the mystery of the kingdom of God is in you when Christ dwells in you. Jesus, John chapter 2 verse 19, he entered the temple and said, destroy this temple. In three days I will raise it up. John 2 19, he was speaking the temple of his body, not the physical temple of Solomon or whatever. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So, my dear brother, the joy of the gospel is if you believe in Jesus, fear of death is gone. Everlasting life is sure. You are in heaven already. And peace will take your heart over forever. Hallelujah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Wow. So, uh, what a question. That, that's what it's all about. Uh, eternal life. And um, that scripture that Rusty mentioned is, is just one of my favorite scriptures. That 1 Corinthians um, 15 verse 
19. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. So that, that's just it. And it's, it's very important that we address these issues because it's true. Everyone watching this, as well as us, have experienced loss. Loss through someone that we love passing from this world to everlasting life, to another world. So it's something that we're faced with every day. That's so true. If you allow me, permit me, Ruth, that uh, we see when Prophet Uja departed, I have to talk about this issue. Oh, yes, that's a very On June 5th. key example. <laughs> On June 5th, when Daddy left, it was like the world is coming to an end for all of us. What? We are like Jesus when the disciple and Jesus departed? The disciple was afraid. They said, he has gone. They believe it was over. When Jesus said, I will give you the sign of Jonah, I will resurrect. They were all scattered. When he left, I said, wow, what is this? Remember what he said? That day he entered and said, I'm here and I will return home after prayer. That's what he said. I return home after which home was he talking about? Heaven. He knew that. That's what he said. But we couldn't understand what he was saying. Can't you imagine a spiritual man connected to heaven, born again, a friend of God, himself. He knew that. He knew he was departing, for sure. Well, nobody else knew, but he knew. That's why he entered and said, well, <laughs> I'm here to pray for you, and then I'm going home. He knew he was departing. And it, one day, I asked him a question. He was saying, if you love God and you are born again, God will tell you they will departure so you can put your house in order. Oh. Yes. Paul said in that Timothy 4 that I know my departure is close. He knew. Peter said it. And second Peter, he said, I know my departure is close. He said it. They know. They know in the spirit. What we tell them? They are going. Jesus knew he was departing. He was going to be with the Father. And that's the place of joy, of peace forever. So they are alive over there. <laughs> you may not see Mr. TV Joshua, but prophet is there. Mm. This Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, all the prophets. And they are alive. Mm. So God is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. Jesus, not the Lord of the dead, the Lord of the living. It is time to seek everlasting life. When you have the evidence, you will know that you are no longer on this earth. You are from heaven. Though we are living physically, you are not a part of it. Renewed mind. Thank you. Thank you so much. So what a victorious day when we come to realize that you, you don't need to fear where you're going because Jesus is going with you. That is it. Because where we're going to spend eternity with him. So that is why we have to focus on our relationship with him now. Because one day we'll return to him and we'll rest in him. So thank you so much, uh, Aaron, for that very deep question, which I believe has been a huge blessing to everyone. So right now,